Do you hate your job? Of course you do. So do Liz and Noah. Now it's time to join their conversation so you can figure out how to quit your soul-crushing job. Happy Labor Day. Yay! Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for, for listening. For me? Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rare occasion when you listen to me, so I guess I should thank you. Oh. So, uh, welcome everybody to another episode of When Can I Quit My Job. I'm joined as always by my lovely wife, Liz. How are you doing, Liz? Yeah, I'm good. Well, actually, my neck is killing me. Mm. I messed it up real bad somehow, but that- I'm is lame yeah so aside from that though i think i'm pretty great Mm -hmm. so yeah because we're we have monday off well i have monday off from my my job also you have um plans in motion to go get a massage for your neck too right 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 right. (laughs) yeah yeah but but the thing about that is like (laughs) feels good while it's happening but it doesn't like fix it no yeah and and I always like the idea of going and getting a massage, not because you feel like you have to. Oh. Like I'm doing this because I, I feel like I almost have to. And so it'll still be good, but mm-hmm. it's a little different than when it, you feel great and then also get a massage. Oh, I gotcha. Not that that happens very often. Like just so everybody knows, like as far as paying for a massage, this might be the fourth one I've ever had in my life (laughs) it does not happen very often so yeah um this is this is a rarity and it just kind of stinks because i feel like it's because i have to not just because i'm oh i have the day off and i'm gonna go pamper (laughs) myself uh yeah Yeah. well okay and so well the idea the thing we're talking about today was kind of your idea so do you want to throw it out there yeah well so in the spirit of labor day um, I just thought, well, I wanted you specifically to share kind of the mm-hmm. the anecdote of how last month went, August, which mm-hmm. is notorious for being pretty slow. And I feel like it was, it, in a way, lived up to it and yeah. had a, had some fun twists and turns. And, it was a um, roller coaster. Yeah, it was a roller coaster. So kind of in the spirit of sharing, like being transparent about... Mm-hmm. What we do, yeah. I thought you should kind of go through last month yeah. talking about your labors. So why don't, don't you know. tell us about your month, your August at your job? Well, well so, first off, first off, when you say you get Monday off, I don't even know the answer to this. You, are you getting paid? Yeah, it's a paid holiday paid for holiday. us. Paid holiday. Okay, yes. so that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so for my month, so my month is a very short story pretty much. So, um, Well, it was back to school though. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it's a quick story just oh, because it's busy. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know or don't remember, I work as a customer service rep for a company that sells education and art supplies. So back to school time happens June, July, August, because schools are going to be prepping, restocking their classrooms and all of that. So that is our busiest time. And so really just for me, it was... A busy month. We're starting to taper off a little bit, so we'll kind of see how September goes, but it's a little bit more of a busy grind, and really, I don't have much else to say unless you have questions about it. Um, Well, so there's the people, like you have a boss who kind of helps with do what you do a little bit, but she does a lot of other stuff, and then what, you have two other people who basically do your job? Correct. So... 
there's three customer service reps and then our boss who can do everything and more than mm-hmm. we can do. Um, all four of us will field phone calls and talk to customers and have and answer questions. So okay. f- the four of us really do a lot of the same things on the phone, but then we all will specialize in different things mm-hmm. um, kind of within the realm of our customer service and responsibilities. You more hours this month i noticed just from your paychecks and is that because it's busier is that just because a conscious effort for you to work a few extra hours and get paid a little more both so for us we have um kind of restricted overtime during non-back to school season because it's just not as lucrative so they want to keep that in check we can't just accumulate overtime willy-nilly and usually when it's super slow, I think they actually only try to limit limit us to half an hour of overtime. Per week? Yeah. Okay. So it's really like you work for 40 hours mm-hmm. and then, you know, if you're coming in 15 minutes early, 10 minutes early every day or something, or you mm-hmm. have to stay a little late, that's okay. Yeah. But yeah, so for now, I am making a conscious effort to work overtime it's not mandatory, so I wouldn't have to actually, but because it's not as restricted right now, mm-hmm. I'm making the conscious effort to do that. So I think on average, I get only two to two and a half hours of overtime a week. So it's not even a ton. Yeah. Because it's not so busy and it's not mandatory. Right. That... But I mean, it took your checks from like yeah. $340 to like $370. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it helps. So I'm going to take advantage of it. Yeah. For as much as it makes sense, I'm not just going right. to show up early and stay late and then twiddle my thumbs because right. it's not so busy that I'm so overwhelmed with work that I f- really feel the need you to go have, in. You get, even during these busy times, I think you still have some free time to diddle yeah. around here and there. Yeah, so I'm not going to waste time there because even, I do love my job and I've, I've mentioned it, it's... Um, it's not a high paying job so even like going in and staying a little late although it helps you i know, don't know that it's worth it for me to do it yeah i was well i was gonna say is saying you love your job an overstatement though in a world where i'm making a million dollars a year at the land business are you still working there no okay <laughs> but as far as having a job like i need to have a job i need to work right now we need to yeah. have benefits well uh, and compared I, to I other don't jobs entirely believe that but i think you could do oh. other things to make up for it but it would take a lot more work probably and you're not maybe quite ready for that yet but oh we're looking into some stuff right okay yeah i guess i don't yeah. want, know exactly what you mean by that but well, i anyway. just don't want you to have the attitude that i need to have a job because i think that's not the right attitude especially oh. for people listening to the show sorry <laughs> <laughs> well yeah okay. well i mean you obviously still think that on some level right well yeah, because we're conditioned to do that. So, I know, yeah, I, I know. mean, it does. We're it trying flies, to decon- This is the deconditioning out, chamber here. Flies out of my mouth that, yeah, I need yeah. to have a job. Right. So, okay, yeah, maybe I don't need to have a job, but I need to have a job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Right now to pay yeah. our bills is the easiest way to do it. It's, yeah, it's, yes. And even though it's really busy compared to other jobs that have busy seasons, this is not super stressful mm-hmm. for me. Like, so, so that's really nice. Like it's busy season for us. Yeah. I don't take it home. Um, and even when we've had our really stressful days, like comparatively to other times, like even when I've worked retail, retail is more stressful than this job. Yeah. You never seem real stressed out about it. Right. Yeah. It's not. In fact, most of the days when it's like busier, you seem 
happier because you're like, oh, it went really fast today. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm trying to, yeah, to give a little bit more perspective. Mm-hmm. Our busy, stressful days compared to other industries and other jobs I've had. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't so you're call grateful. this as stressful. What? So so you're grateful to be where you are. I am. So yeah, maybe I don't those... love it, I guess, if or if I don't need, but I'm grateful. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay, cool. Well, and so to parlay that into the land business, it's so I've always heard that August is the slowest month. Nobody knows why. It just is. And... Uh, so Liz going into her busiest time of the year, I'm coming into my slowest time of the year, uh, at least, you know, but we're at a level right now, you know, the, the people who say that, you know, are doing 250 deals a year or something like that. So maybe it means they get what, 10 deals that month or something like that, which, you know, would be the most I've ever done. And when we're doing, you know, between one and three deals a month on average right now, uh, it's still not hard to, I could still pretty easily have my best month, even if it's August. And that was the mentality I took into August. I really, my goal was to sell five and we had one, well, two properties, one deal, they're adjacent properties that was closing through a title company. I think I may have mentioned on here before that basically it was just a matter of time. We were waiting for that one to go through and that was going to be two no matter what. And that was a cash deal and which is great. So, uh, we got paid $6,300 for it. It was one we had sold on terms before and defaulted and off the initial terms deal, we made like 1,800. Uh, so you're talking about like 8,300 total and we paid 3,600 for it. So pretty good. And so that was gonna happen no matter what. And we've had a whole bunch of interest in two other adjacent properties, Colorado, it's 10.6 acres. And I was like, I felt like that was gonna sell pretty easily. And I just wanted to do one more on top of that. And that was my goal for the month. And um, I got down down the path pretty far a few with a few different buyers to the point where I drew up contracts and sent contracts and things like that. And so one thing to understand about this industry, at least at this point, where we are with our business, it's a big waiting game. And that can be really hard. So... And I was going to ask you to expand on when you say you have a lot of interest in the lots, because I know mm. I would come home from work yep. and you say, yeah, I'm getting a lot of interest for these Colorado lots. Um, yep. Kind of what does that mean? Is is it dozens of people? Is it five people you might talk to on a daily basis? Yeah. Like so, new ones? Like what, what are we talking? So it's almost all through Facebook. And like I said, I have two Facebook accounts and I got another guy that runs one of my accounts. And I can go over to that account anytime and see how many people are talking to him. And I can go on to a third party um, site that we use called Airtable. And he's got a list of his interested buyers and things like that. And so I can see he might have like eight or nine names next to that property. And then I can go onto Craigslist, or sorry, I go into Facebook and I can see, oh, he's got 15 people from today and yesterday saying, is this still available? Some of them giving emails, some of them giving phone numbers, and he'll message me once in a while and say, call this guy. And he'll take a screenshot of the conversation so I can kind of know what they're talking about. And then sometimes I, I mention, sometimes I don't, that I have somebody else who helps me with my Facebook account. If it doesn't seem pertinent, I don't bring it up. But so for me, if I say we're having a lot of interest, that means I've sent out probably five emails that day, maybe talked a little more in depth to maybe two or three people that I feel are legitimate and they're not just asking tire kicking questions. They're getting more in depth. They're giving me their phone number, their email address, and they want to know more. And they ask, they'll ask at least one thing that's not just, is it available? What are the taxes? You know, if they ask like, how, how deep do I have to dig for a well? Or if they say, well, how far is the nearest town? Or 
is the soil good for growing there you know those types of questions that a little are a little more in depth to me that's an actual interested person they're not just clicking a button that says is this available so and you know i felt like for a couple weeks in a row i was having that kind of interest you know maybe two or three days a week with that property i'm very surprised it hasn't sold yet but that's the outcome it hasn't sold yet so and really the the month came to a crescendo right at the end yeah it was uh, pretty crazy yeah so so the end goal or the end numbers for the month where i just i just sold that one property those two properties that were closing through the title company we finally got paid two deals on like the 29th or yeah. something it was yeah like t i mean it was check came yeah check yeah. came on the 30th yeah 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 so so that's like <laughs> Talk about we almost waiting till the very yeah. end of the month. Right. When that baby And that came was in. on a deal that, uh, it was a deal of the week the last month, or the last week of last month. And I said, look, I'll cut you an extra few hundred bucks off if you, uh, if you pay me by the end of the month, referring to last month. And he's like, all right. And then he went through a title company, which made it take another month. So, but like I said, there's a lot of waiting in this. And uh, we got paid. We got our money. We made $4,500 off of that one property, which is pretty great. I'm happy with that. And so I guess the, the fun story right at the end of the month, there was a person who was texting me about a property in Colorado, which is like a $3,500 property. And there were some red fl red flags right from the get-go. One red flag, this is the same. It's it's like a lot of it's um, like email red flags, like very poor English. Uh, so this person would text only, did not talk on the phone. So that's a red flag. He didn't ask me any real questions about it. He gave me an email address and I sent him an email about it, but he didn't have any follow-up questions and he wanted, so that's a red flag, not having any questions. And then it's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll wire you the money, which is strange, another red flag. Um, he used a second uh, phone number with a different area code and said it was his secretary's and something happened to his cell phone. Hey guys, I just wanna take a quick second and share with you a new project I just put together. This is a compilation of angry voicemails set to some epic music. I think you'll enjoy the sample. I think you'll enjoy the full thing even more. Yeah, I received some sort of a purchase agreement. You sent us an offer for $450? You guys sent me a fucking thing about my property. Looks like a scam. We will sell this land when we are good and ready to sell this land. So I'm pretty proud of this project. At the time I told Liz it was the greatest thing I've ever done. You'll definitely want to hear the full version on our Patreon page. Go check it out. Now back to the show. Oh my Which gosh, was weird. so weird. Yeah. And then, uh, and then he kept saying like, oh, you know, be looking. You should be getting the check today or today or tomorrow or something like that. And I was like, yeah, right. Okay. And, um... And then he texted me and said, oh, my secretary, so keep in mind, this is a $3,500 piece of property. He's like, my secretary accidentally sent you $11,090 and she's fired. And <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird. And uh, let me know when you get it. And he didn't say anything else, but I knew in my mind, I'm like, okay, this seems very, very scammy. And um, like I accidentally sent you way too much money. Yeah. And like I'm wired sure into the account. Into our account. And so I was like, okay, I hadn't seen it happen yet. And I was like, I know the next logical thing this guy's probably going to do is when I get that money, he's going to be like, oh yeah, because I sent you too much, send me a check. Which means I would be getting his money, recording the deed in his name. This, I mean, 
in this hypothetical world, recording the deed in his name to the property and sending him a check, which uh, obviously those are some red flags too, that I'm sending this guy a check from my account and a piece of property. Uh, and then lo and behold, the money showed up in our business checking account and, and it was available, as in I could have withdrawn it and spent it. Uh, it was available right away. And I was like, uh, before I even told the guy it was in there. Which that's weird too, because I don't even, know how that happened. Yeah. Le- like, I feel like you've said legitimate money that comes in sometimes yeah. isn't available. Like it that always right goes away. on hold. Anything over $500 goes on hold for like two business days. Almost always. Yeah. So, so this was just like there and ready. So he probably figured out however to, however he can send it, like with a stolen checks or whatever he's doing or cloned check whatever anyway so first thing i did was i called the bank i was like yeah i told him the situation i'm like there's it seems to me a high probability that this is not legitimate so let me know what you find find out and then an hour later they called back and they're like yeah this is definitely a fraudulent check and i was like ah like it would have been cool if somehow it turned out to be legitimate but the more contact i had with the person the less confident i was that it was an actual real thing so i mean between that and writing up uh, we had a guy say, hey, uh, he responded to one of our deal of the weeks and he said, hey, um, I want to put a down payment tomorrow. And then the next day he said, his son's looking for a property. Do you have anything close? And I said, yeah, I'll, I can draw something up. You, you can get two properties. I'll give you the same deal on it. And uh, so I thought that one seemed like it was pretty close to being in the bag because he was saying he wanted to pay his down payment. And then he said he talked to his son. His son didn't want to do it or was afraid he wouldn't be able to get work down there or something like that so that fell through so yeah we went from like possibly doing five deals uh selling ten thousand dollars in cash and getting an additional 200 bucks a month for the next four years to just doing the the one deal still a good deal still a lot of cash allowing us to buy some more property but and then at the end of that day, there was we actually got a response from someone from Craigslist, and I called that person, and that person, at least to this point, I think is extremely interested in a piece of property we just bought wholesale, which if you buy wholesale, if you sell it for cash, you should expect to make double, and if you sell it for terms, you should expect to make around triple, and we're doing a lot better than that. I think we're going to make close to five times total what we bought it for on wholesale, which is great. Oh my gosh, I think I forgot that. Yeah, we're going to make over $8,000 on this property that we bought wholesale for 2300 Wow. So, yeah, the contract's almost $11,000. So it's a great lot. It's cool. It's Yeah, it's beautiful. The only one we have like it in the area in Meadview. But um, so as far as I know, that person's still very interested. And that one's, I mean, that's one property, but that's 200 bucks a month. So it's almost like a, a double deal for us. That's the same income that we would get off of any of our two adjoining properties so even though it only counts as one deal it's basically the income of two deals so that's great um so yeah crazy topsy-turvy month yeah i am uh i'm giving myself labor day off which i can do now so that's cool yeah and uh i'll probably you know dink around on facebook and make sure i don't have emails i need to follow up with but other than that take the day off and uh get ready for the uh Mm. the end of the quarter push Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, try to maybe we'll do five properties this month. I think uh, uh, I think four is going to be my goal because if we sell that one property that we have on the hook right now. Yeah. And then uh, sell our double lot and then and one, one other more. property mm-hmm. would be 
That'd be the best month ever. Best month ever. Yeah, we keep thinking each month is going to be our best month ever. But that's, as long as we don't get beat down by not doing it and keep moving forward with enthusiasm, it'll happen. And, you know, we've done three properties, I think four or five times this year. So that's kind of our, our normal. More often than not, we're selling three. And so we just need to bump that up by one property and make it a little more consistent and we're where we want to be. So that's awesome. Yeah. And so any thoughts on any of that or no no I just I wanted you to illustrate how it's it's a lot of back and forth and customers that you're talking to that you won't sell to yeah but then it finally all culminated almost on the very last day of the month with finally getting paid yeah so that is reality I forgot to talk about the Facebook guy who's here in Indiana and uh he was just super skeptical and almost being like accusatory. He's like, oh, yeah, well, if you have this land, why don't you live there? And I'm like. Because <laughs> I live here. Right. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, like, I live here. What do and, you mean? Uh, right. Like, well, I, I bought, he I bought enthous- 27 pieces of property in the last year and a half. Do you want me to like move and live on all of them? Or like, it I was, know, weird. was stupid. Well, because I thought he was interested at first and kind of yeah, positive. And then was, it turned weird. Like he yeah. was going to meet up with you. Yeah, I was. I, I agreed to meet with him and his attorney. In person. In person. Yeah. I'm like, I never meet in person because I sell, because I live in Fort Wayne and I sell land in Arizona and Colorado. But, you know, whatever, if that's what you want to do, if you're ready to buy it for cash, then I'll meet you in person in the presence of an attorney. And then, and then I, I almost ended the conversation. I'm like, look, you, I understand being skeptical. I'm skeptical of buyers. It's only smart to be skeptical, but like the way you're talking to me is borderline insulting. And, uh, you know, I'm just trying to politely answer your questions. And I almost ended the conversation right there. Like, I don't, cause I don't need to deal with, buyers like that i've got plenty of nice buyers so um but then you know i called his bluff i'm like all right well you know the next day i was like so we still meeting today or what and he never got back to me so maybe he just felt like being a dick to somebody and whatever uh i'll probably still message him again say hey you know when we meeting up we'll see what happens you never know maybe he'll buy something yeah maybe he'll become our best customer you never know but uh no he didn't outright call me any names or cuss me or anything like that he just was like very forceful and annoying with his questions uh, but i didn't fly off the handle at him he i didn't burn that bridge so if he has cash and he wants to buy cash property from me then yeah we'll sell it to him he'll be my new friend <laughs> <laughs> no but that is weird i don't know if we've talked a whole lot about how skeptical people are but that's probably another whole episode oh yeah oh yeah people just I'll post in a group and someone will just, I'll, they'll just write scam. One word. They'll just be like scam. Like what? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you well, ask me a question? And unfortunately, yeah, that's, there's a lot of scammers out there. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's unfortunate, but it's something we just have to have thick skin and deal with. So Yeah. Well, eventually we won't be the people dealing with it. So we'll pay someone else to do all this shit. We'll just pick the county and make the money. <laughs> that's, that's the eventual goal. We'll be doing the county research. Maybe determining the price we want to offer, and then everybody else will do the other shit for us, and we'll make the money. So maybe in a okay. couple of years we'll be there. <laughs> That's the business well, yeah, model. That we gotta is, take ourselves yeah, out of this bitch. I know. I know. Sheesh. <laughs> Seemed a little bit what heated. What? <laughs> no, so. I'm uh, I'm spirited, enthusiastic. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. Hey guys, I want to take a quick second to play a clip of our newest Patreon bonus content. The full-length audio of this is about one minute long, and it is not bleeped on our Patreon page. All you have to do is become a $5 a month patron, uh, and you can listen to this uncensored. Man, f*** you, cock-sucking faggot motherfuckers. Why don't you motherfuckers eat shit and fucking die? How about that? Like I said, it's just a small clip. If you'd like to hear the part about finding us and feeding us the crocodiles, go over to Patreon.
now back to the show. So should I bring up the upcoming changes? Sure, yeah. So round out the episode, we got yeah. some new some new stuff coming up, some things yeah. to look out for. So we're going to start working with um, with Savannah, a good friend of ours, who is going to start producing our episodes and hosting us in her studio in progress. And and she wants to, well, she'll, she'll be a little bit more involved. And we're going to kind of try to... We talk a lot to like land investors and things like that on here. Well, because that's who I know. But um, we're going to make sure we're going to kind of broaden a little bit, I think, because we know not everybody who listens wants to be a land investor. And so kind of talk to different people who were able to quit their jobs and their stories and stuff like that. Um, We've got some great interviews lined up. Um, Hopefully the sound quality will continue to improve as we go along. I've got a pop filter on here for the first time and um, might have some sound absorbing studio type stuff and maybe better uh, microphones. And so production value will go up and hopefully we'll continue to get uh, better and better guests on and um yeah try and get some good content yeah for you guys yeah so and we will keep talking about our land business because that's what we know and what we do but um so anyway some good things coming for us and and i got in a comment the other day that i wanted to respond to i was just gonna write the guy an email back but i realized that maybe he's got a question other people have in their mind and it would just make more sense if i just answers it on here so i can help more people that way so um it'll take me a second to pull it up okay yeah so this will be our first unofficial mailbag section what's it called a segment segment yeah okay um should i just read the whole thing it's not that long yeah okay uh, hey Noah. So this is referring to uh, our IBC episode, okay? Infinite banking okay. concept. And he had a few comments and notes, and I wanted just to be sure to clarify what I was saying. So he said, Hey Noah, you mentioned in this episode that when you take a loan, you're no longer earning premiums on that money until you pay it back. From my reading of Nash's book, he's referring to Nelson Nash becoming your own banker. I thought that was the reason you make a habit of paying back the loan with interest. That way, the loan quote costs unquote as much as as much as it would if you had went to a bank but your policy earns the interest instead of the bank um so this is a well maybe i should address this as i go so he's kind of right so it's important phrasing is important here so okay so he said premiums and that's not really what he means so because premium is the amount you pay to the to the insurance company to keep your policy alive so you don't earn premiums you pay premium so he said when you take a loan, you no longer earn premiums. Uh, hopefully that's not the wording I use, but if it is, then let me correct myself. So when you take a loan, you do still earn your contractually guaranteed 4% interest. You do earn that. Um, you do not earn, you do not get credit for, for my policy, and this varies policy to policy, but for my policy, that factors into the dividends I get paid at the end of the year, which is only once yearly. So at the end of every year, you get a dividend check that's on top over and above your guaranteed rate of return. So when I have a loan out, that money that's taken out, it's not actually taken out, but the loan I have counts against the dividends I'll end at the or I will earn at the end of the year. So it doesn't affect premiums because premiums is what I pay, not what I earn. Um, now when he talks about paying the loan percent that you would if you borrowed from a bank. Yes, that is what Nelson Nash talks about, but that is not how everybody does it, and that's not how my account is set up. Ours is set up to come right up against what's called the MEC limit, which uh, is if you pay, if you go over and above the MEC limit, then that means you're going to be taxed on your earnings at some date in the future. Um, So when our accounts were set up, 
they're already set up with our pre with our uh, premium payments plus our paid up additional riders to come up as close as it can possibly come to that mech limit without being mech and making us pay a, a tax penalty later. So if I were to pay an additional interest back into my account, it would mech it and ruin it basically. So we don't do that. Um, yes, that is what Nelson Nash describes, but that's if you're already not maxing out your paid up additional riders, which our accounts both are. So the way uh, my financial advisors do it and the way they advise us to do it is Yes, you're still encouraged to pay that interest back when you pay a loan, but you pay it to a third party account, as in like a separate bank account you would set up. So if you're making those payments like on a car, you would separate out the interest payment and put that into a third, you know, third party account that would hold an amount of money that eventually would grow big enough to start another IBC account. So it's a little different way of doing it, but we don't actually at this point, we're not paying ourselves interest on our loan uh, because we can't. <laughs> we can do it into a, a, a third-party bank account at, with a mind to set up a new account later, but we're not actually even doing that right now um, because we're just getting this plane in the air. So um, okay. Was does there all more that make to, sense? Yeah. Well, is there more to his question? Yeah. Or, okay. Yes. Um, you also mentioned IBC might not work for someone who is too old or sick to get insured at a reasonable premium. Nelson covers that in his book too. He recommends taking out a policy on a younger person like you did with your daughter who is presumably more insurable than yourself. Um, I won't go the, the last, uh, he says, you know, thanks for the podcast and stuff like that. But so, um, yes. So yes, if you're uninsurable, yes, you can find somebody. Uh, it could be a business partner, a spouse, a sibling, or not a sibling, parent, someone who has a financial bearing on your life and you can take a policy out on them but the thing that mm, is not the best about that is that if, if you are the breadwinner in the house you want to be the one who's insured first and foremost if you can it's kind of the put your own oxygen max mask on first kind of idea um you can have larger if like i said if you're the main breadwinner you're going to be able to be insured for more which means you're going to be able to have a larger policy um there's limits on what you can do like for a child i may have mentioned this too but like we could only do so much for for our daughter and um same thing uh you know if you do a spouse or something like that i believe the insurance policy is going to be based upon their long-term earning potential so um they use algorithms to determine how much money they think you could make in your lifetime based on your current job, age, expected uh, lifespan, and things like that. So yes, it's true. You can always find someone to be insured, but it's gonna affect how big your policy can be and how big it can grow. So uh, I just wanted to address that and clarify all those things. Does did that make sense? Yeah, no, I think that's good. It's a long, it's a long question and it's a hard concept to just answer right away yeah um and plus so, i'm not the expert right yeah and but, and there's a lot of nuance and differences between like you're saying like our policy acts one way right another one acts a different way so right um but no that's good and we want more questions so ideally oh, yeah. anybody listening if you have any questions about anything um yeah. we'd love to make that more part of the podcast yeah. uh, answer I'm happy questions, to do a, a mailbag segment yeah so please keep them coming yeah I'm sure I say a lot of confusing shit, so I'm sure you guys have lots of questions. <laughs> yeah, and you can do it on our social media if you follow. We do have mm -hmm. social media, When Can I Quit My Job? Yeah. I'm pretty sure we're probably the only thing that pops up if you put that in there or on our website, which is how this uh, question came through. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, please. We're also going to um, – we have in place a, um, a Facebook group for our 
for our Patreon contributors. Um, it hasn't, we haven't really done much with it yet, but that's something that we'd like to grow and build a community there as well. And um, we have some friends in there too. So uh, that's another going to be another great place for those ty- types of things. Uh, if you become a contributing member on Patreon. Yeah. Awesome. So that's all awesome. I have. Well, happy Labor Day, and we'll see you in a week. Enjoy your long weekend. We'll talk to you in a week. You know what I meant. Thanks for listening to When Can I Quit My Job. Please remember to support the show by visiting whencanIquitmyjobshow.com and clicking the Patreon and Amazon links. Also, subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Tell your friends about us. Liz and Noah are not financial or legal advisors, and all information given on this podcast should be consumed for entertainment purposes only.